Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Good Wednesday evening to you. You are watching In the Cup, brought to you by DrRoto.com, your daily prescription for fantasy sports. We're here breaking down the Sony Open coming up in Hawaii. I'm Adam White. This is Coach Al White. Al, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. You're going to have to kind of guide us. Dude, I've been so engrossed in college football. Just like, I mean, I have not been watching any offseason. So if you've been following Instagrams and all that good stuff of these golfers, I know I know <laughs> you like live this every single day. You're like a golf pro and a guru, so you might be yeah. guiding me throughout this. I mean, obviously, I've still followed the tournaments and who's winning, but outside of that, man, it's been 100% college football for me. So I'm excited to dive in, and uh, the Sony's, I mean, what a great way to start the year in Hawaii. Yeah. So uh, let, let's get after it. And then last week, you know, Cam Smith, 34 under, breaking the record. Like, that's, that's some good golf to start the year. Yeah, unbelievable, man. I mean – it was just a bird across the wind. There was not much, of course, to do to stop them. But real before we had to golf, man, what was your ROI like on college football this year? Because every time I saw it, you were just It was very good. Um, I had an extremely good season on FanDuel, DraftKings, and prize picks. Um, I mean, especially as soon as college football hit on prize picks, I pretty much quit playing the DFS side of things because I was hitting 5 to 10x, it seemed like, every single week on there. And, you know, you're playing against yourself. It's prop betting. You're not playing against any other any other players. So it's not like you just pretty much have to pick five really good college football players and know the game script. And college is that simple. So I was uh, I made hand over foot in college this year. So I got some spending money for PGA. So who are we about to blow it on, my friend? Let's do this. Well, we are heading to Wailai Club in Wailai, Hawaii. Uh, we just watched the tournament last week, obviously, here um in beautiful tropical hawaii which makes it more depressing being in dark gray cold michigan but this week we're heading to a par 70 uh, just over seven thousand yards um, it's not going to play as short relative to the actual distance as last week where you saw a lot of those you know steep fairway slopes where the ball is rolling 80 yards or hitting 400 yard drives it's going to play a little more true to the actual course yardage and there's only two par fives um, it's pretty tight. It's going to be heavily leaning on the the approach game, specifically like 125 to 175 into the green. Um, we got two par fives. They're both extremely reachable. One being at just over 500 on hole nine, then the finishing hole of the back nine, about 550. Um, par threes are basically in that 175 to 200 range. So because there are four par threes and only a couple par fives, I'm kind of looking at those specialty players in that in that. Uh, like 150 to 175 approach range. Um, this course usually yields about eh, 18 to 22 under winning score, depending on here. If the wind blows, maybe a little bit higher scores than that. But uh, yeah, overall, it's going to be a fun week. It's our first week with the full field. So we actually can get six out of six through a cut and gain an edge on the rest of the field. Um, we're going to start up at the top, but any thoughts on the course, on the week, what you're looking at as far as stat categories? Yeah, so I mean, last week we saw why, you know, the scores were so high. Is, is the the wind in Hawaii has not been like bad at all. So this week, even I was just checking the weather, and the highest it's supposed to get on Friday gets up to twelve mile per hour gusts. So I think that the winning score this week is probably going to be more in the twenty four to twenty six range. 
Um, I mean, I think people I, in your article, I think you said it, we might be on a 59 watch. Yep. Um, and I think that's very realistic. So, so going with guys that are just, you know, keep the ball in the fairway and make their putts, you know, we're back on Bermuda greens, same as last week. So whoever putted well last week, the, the greens aren't going to change. Um, you know, are you riding with Cam Smith? Are you just going back? I mean, 34 under, you know, it's not like he's going to lose it in a week. Do you believe in the hangover at all for, for Cam Smith this week? So I, I will certainly happily be leaned on for who we like and why, what's been happening with the guys we didn't even see last week. But one thing I'll ask you for is ownership projections. Yeah. So I got as a raw play, I love Cam this week. The only thing I'm looking at, he's heavily owned. You know, sometimes you get that, oh, he's not going to win twice in a row. But to me, Cam is clearly the class of the field as far as his overall game. Um, I mean, Matsuyama's there. Webb's got a phenomenal course history. But Cam won here two years ago, and he just absolutely torched it, like, on the island last week. It's hard not to look the clear-cut number one play with none of those true elites up there in the top five. Yeah, and I was looking at Cam's win, um, and that year the cut line was actually two over. So the wind must have been gusting a little bit. And Cam being Australian-born, I mean, they just play better in the wind naturally. Um, you know, and that's why I feel like Mark Leishman does a really good job here. He, he has, you know, for a few years, he's got a really good course history. And I saw that you had written him up in your article. So, so talk a little bit about Mark. Like if, if you're not going to be riding with Cam, I'm assuming he's your next click um, as far as starting your DraftKings. Are you playing on DraftKings or FanDuel? Let me ask you that first. I am mainly a DraftKings player. Okay. All right. So let's just talk DraftKings. Let's stick with that. Um, yeah. So are you riding with the highest priced golfer? So right now, Cam Smith is coming in at about 16.2%. So I'm going to say anywhere from 16 to 24, depending on the type of tournament you choose. And Mark Leishman's at 19.3. So Mark's actually higher on, which surprises me a little bit. And I think it might just be uh, because of that thousand or $1,200 count. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, granted, he has a good course history here, two top fours in his life three appearances here and he's played it every year for the last five so he's been playing it this course too it shows that it really helps to have some course history here and i've played it a few times to get used to you know the best ways to navigate your way around the course get used to the greens a little bit so 15 out of the last 16 winners um had played here previously but yeah leash is the next guy down i'm i'm going to differentiate as far as ownership down down the board a little bit down the price ranges I like Leash if I don't click on Cam. I think Webb's going to be very highly owned as well, I would imagine. So it's almost like that sneaky guy who's almost popping up is, is Sungjae there. What do you think of Sungjae at 10? Uh, Sungjae, outside of Simpson, is my – like I'm trying to fit those two in together in any lineup I do. I'm trying to do Webb and Sungjae. Um, Sungjae finished last season, I think he was top 20 and seven out of his last eight events. Last week, I finished, you know, eighth in a tournament with super high scoring. I mean, you know, if you're in the top 10 last week, you did something right. <laughs> you still shot in the 20s. Um, I, I love it, man. I think he's got a perfect game for it. He, he hits it straight off the drives. He um, His tee to green game is exceptional. And that's really what you're going to need here. And and right now, his, his putting is uh, he does the best on Bermuda. So everything lines up for Sanjay to do well. I did write him up in my article, and I have him um, outright bet at 16 to 1. He's one of my favorite bets on the week. 
yep. him and uh, Webb. So Webb is coming in at 22 and Sunjay's at 19.8. So they are really high owned, but I feel like a lot of people won't put them together just because it takes a ton of your salary up and you're really taking a dive down at the bottom and kind of picking and choosing who in that low 7K or high 6K range you want to target. Because you have to have at least two of those to make that work. Yeah, it's funny. Now that you're talking ownership percentages, it seems like a lot of people are looking for those those guys up top to do studs and duds. So it's almost like screaming balance line. Let's, yeah. Let's talk through some like nine, eight, and seven K guys that we can fill that out with. Absolutely. So I'll just branch right into uh I think that Jason Kokrak is going completely overlooked this week. Um He's I love cheap. Kokrak. Like so cheap. Yeah, like in this field, he's under Horschel, like Taylor Gooch. Are you kidding me? Like Kokrak is way better than Taylor Gooch, way more consistent. Yeah. And last year I was looking, uh, like one thing I do like to look at on Fantasy National is like go back to their actual birdie or better um, percentage. And he had eight birdies his first round and he was tied for the most birdies in round one. Then he had two, three, and then seven. So he had over 20 birdies. He just kind of fell off in those, you know, Friday, Saturday round. But I love him for a first-round leader bet, too. And if nobody's on Kokrak, I mean, he's a great number. He's like 55 to 1, too. I don't know what people are sleeping on right now. I think he's awesome for this for this course. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. He seems like a great value there at 86. Um, a guy that I looked at that I'm not usually a big fan of, but he's only got so many courses. He played in Hawaii last week is Kevin Kisner. He can get super just scorching hot with the putter. His approach game really trended nicely last weekend. Um, so I like him there at 89. He's a little more expensive than I like for him typically. But he's finished well here the last, like, 32nd last year, fourth two years ago. And, again, he's only got probably half a dozen tournaments he can actually compete to win in, in a given year on the tour So because he's a short hitter. So I like him a lot there at 89. And then, you know, start – if you start your lineup with Abe answer, you go down to Kiz and Kokrak, it's a pretty good start. And you got some, you got some salary available. Absolutely. I think Kisner, like, like you said, so he plays really well at RBC heritage, which is a comp course. He plays, plays well at the RSM classic. And then one thing I was looking at, so Webb Simpson, you know, the Wyndham, he always is like top three at the Wyndham, right? Here, his last three years, he's been third, fourth, third. So this is reminding me of the Wyndham and Kevin Kisner just won the Wyndham. So I think that plays great, man. Uh, I think that that's a correlation course that a lot of people aren't looking at. But Wyndham is another par 70, Bermuda Greens. I, I love Kiz. And I think if you start Kokrat Kisner, you're completely different. And you have two people that could potentially win that tournament for you. I agree. Yeah, and that's what you look for, especially with these. If you're starting balanced lineup, you got to look for guys who have a great chance to win. And obviously, they're all good players, but... If you're scrolling down, go eh, is I don't know. Scroll into the eight Ks. Is Mad McNeely going to win? He's going to be a star one day, but he hasn't won before. Like Kisner just won. Kokrak won twice in the last calendar year. Yep. Like these are guys you've seen get it done down the stretch. They're not going to be afraid. So that's the same kind of guys I like to put in those in those positions when you're, when you're starting off a balanced lineup. Still give you some upside there. Definitely. So let's talk about one more Australian, uh, Matt Jones. Absolute fire last week. He has a good history here. Um, apparently, just Hawaii plays good to Australian, you know, born players. So what do you think about Matt Jones? He's in that mid-range too. Like if you went Kokrak, Kisner, Jones, I think 
like nobody's going to have those three to start. Like if that was a core for you, I truly think all three of them could be in the top 15 and like you're guaranteed to cash if you get those three through for you. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. And you get plenty of salary left. If you take those three to start, you're still over 8K for your remaining three players. Um, but I wrote Matt Jones up in the article. He's He made so many birdies last week. Dude shot 23 under on the weekend in two rounds. 23 under in two rounds. Absolutely on fire. Shot 32 under and finished third somehow. But he's a veteran. He's coming in hot. He's, he tends to be kind of a rhythm player. If he's If he's feeling good week to week, he's not having to fly over from the mainland. And he's... Um, He's in a great rhythm right now. So I love I love Matt Jones this week. I don't care what his ownership is. Like, he's got winning upside in the mid-8Ks. I'll take it. Yeah, and I feel like he's the type of player that he doesn't win so much. So, like, when he's playing good, he's going to play as many tournaments as he can just to ride that form. Because yeah. he's not like a Rom who can show up any week in top five. He's a guy that will miss five cuts in a row. And then before you know it, he's top 10, top three, top 20, top 20, miss cut, miss cut, miss cut. So he's going to ride this. And I, I think uh, that's something we should definitely play on. And yep. to your point, you know, the last, I think it was, you said six of the last eight winners or something played the week prior. So he's a, he fits that narrative as well. Uh, Matt Jones is, is firmly in play at 8,400. Absolutely. And just to round out the 8K range, you know, I really think that, that that balance build is looking good. So Abraham Answer is going to go overlooked this week. He's right below the defending champ in Kevin Nye. He's right above Corey Connors, who's a DFS favorite. Answer at 97. It's a much better course fit than last week for him. He doesn't have four par fives he has to compete on with these bombers. So him at 97, you go down to Russell Henley. He's kind of that same player type, right? Not a real long hitter, great iron player, can get hot with the putter and make some birdies. Um, Russ Henley, Abe Answer, Kevin Kisner. These are like these are like game style fits. These are not bombers. It's not really a bombers course, only two par five. So that's the way I like to kind of structure this is as you're and Matt Jones is in that same category. As you're working your way down, these are players that drive at kind of the same distance. Their strengths are in the, in the low to mid irons on approaches, which is really what fits this course well. So um I'm rounding out the the eight K range with with him as another guy we mentioned anybody you like down here at the bottom like chucky three six has a good history here Seamus power has been hot for a while he does um charles howell is always interesting but he's just not the same player he was a few years ago so i'm gonna kind of wait and see on him and where, where he's at this year i almost gone he does have good form here um seems seems to really um excel at this course but I, I would take more of a chance on the two surrounding him which is power and davis I just feel like they have more upside at this point in their career. You know, they both could miss the cut and, and Charlie could come in 45th and, and pay off. He could be the six of six that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. But I also want the chance in power or Davis that could potentially top five for us with like 30 birdies and have, you know, 12 bogeys. Like that is more important in drafting scoring than Charles Howe's 45th place. To me, the, the best way to sum that up is Charles Howe is a, is a very safe cash play. You're yeah. Playing. Double ups, and then Davis um, is is in power. They're they're definitely more tournaments that have upside to win. So, so let's look at our um, guys we talked about in the seven K range. I've got one I really like, and then one kind of sleeper. Um, I want to hear the same from you, and then we'll uh, we'll proceed down to some some low end tips line those round or round out some of the lineups. Who you like in the seven K range? Yeah, so I'm starting a lot of my lineups with Keith Mitchell. Um, 
he's just super interesting this week for me. I don't know. He was finding something at the end of last season, and he's got that that upside where randomly he'll pop off and shoot 10 birdies and like have like seven in a row. And you're like, Oh yeah, Keith Mitchell is good at golf when he actually can putt. Um, last year he finished his last, um, last putting round 3.5 strokes on the greens. And two weeks prior to that 5.4 strokes on the greens where he got third at the CJ cup and then 12th at the RSM classic, you know, a couple months prior to that eighth the Northern trust. Um, he's made every cut at the Wyndham, which is what I was talking about. So like there's a few things and other courses that just kind of line up with this game. And last year he played well here. I think he was 19th, but one of the biggest things for him is he was first in birdies in the entire, um, let's see, what did he have? 26. Yeah. 26 birdies. And the next closest to him was Chris Kirk at 7,900 which is also in play this week. I do like Chris Kirk, but they both led the field. Kevin now won it with 25 birdies. So Keith Mitchell, I don't care if you, you didn't, or if you rostered him last year, I don't care if he took 50th, if he gets 26 birdies, he paid off for you. Oh yeah. Um, and he, he got 14th last season here. So I really like him. Um, and I feel like he's in that range where you can fit him in and not be kind of, it's like that, that, if you're paying up like I am for Webb and Sunjay M, Keith Mitchell fits perfectly at that $76 range. Yeah, um, I, I do like Chris Kirk above him. I think he's, you know, just brings a solid game anytime he steps out there. He ranks fourth in my model as well. Um, he's number one in shots gained on par fours, you know, and this is a par 70, so you get 12 par fours. That's always a positive if you got the best, you know, score on par fours in your lineup at 7,900. But I found on DraftKings, and I don't know what it is, 7,900 is a trap price. I never roster somebody successfully at 7,900. So that is why I went down to Keith Mitchell at 76. And it was between those two for me in my write-up, between Chris Kirk and Mitchell. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, it's a trap price. And I think that you like, uh, you like Brandon Steele, which he does have a good history here, but he's at that 79 too. Yeah, I'm not gonna let that stop me. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Great course history, and he's in that he's in that range where his strength on approaches is right in that in that neighborhood we were talking about, like 150 to to high 100s up towards that 200 mark where the par threes are. Yeah, he's got a great he's got a great track record here. Um, he's finished. God, he just he blew up on the 18th hole a couple of years ago, coming down the stretch. Otherwise, he would have he would have won. But fourth place and second place the last two times he played here. And you know he he's got three career wins. He won twice in in Napa at the same event back to back years. He's he's a court he's a court for, for a golf course. So he's he's very comfortable here. I like him a lot. Um, but the guy that I like that I think is going to be a bit of a sleeper, more of a European Tour player, but went through Corn Ferry um, Corn Ferry Finals, and I think he finished third there. He's got his full status now on the PGA Tour. Christian Bazzano, South African. Guy is relative to his price. His world ranking um, dictates that he's a much higher class player than his seven eight hundred price, and somewhere in the what twentieth to twenty fifth highest price guy. Yeah, uh, he's got winning upside. He does, and I think he's going to be a little lower on until the secret kind of gets out with him. So I like both those guys at the top end of the seven K range. Steve Kim just didn't make sense at his price. He's seventy eight. Like. Or 77, sorry. But Siwoo's, this is a good course fit for him. And when he gets hot, man, he is not afraid to get in the mix and, and take down a tournament. So 
he's a guy worth mentioning, certainly. Yeah, it's a great fit for him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really looked at his course history here. He kind of snuck by me, but seeing him at 78, heck, he just took second at the Wyndham um, behind Kisner. And, me too. you know, 25th last year as I'm going down at the Sony. So, I mean, he did something right there. Let's see. Do, do anything there, are, there is something to that, too. If you just go through a field, if you pay attention closely, you just go through a field and you go, all right, these guys are here, these guys are, wait a minute. In this field, this guy's in the mid-7Ks, upper 7Ks. It doesn't make sense for him. It doesn't make sense for Bzidnut. Um, I'm trying to pronounce that right really hard. But there's certain guys here where you just go, wait a minute, their upside is much higher, you know, a higher percentage of the time than you would think for 7,800, $7,700 players. So same with same with me. a little more volatile, but I still like him a lot where he's at. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, what about Aaron Rye? He had a three, let's see, 15th, 19th, 16th in uh, the month of November to finish his season. I mean, his approaches are off the charts, almost gaining six strokes um, in his last two events through approach alone. Right now he ranks 19th in driving accuracy, so it doesn't seem like he's going to have any issues hitting the fairways. I feel like he's a good price. He's young. He's not very, you know, like he's not that DFS darling yet that everybody's latched onto and they can't, you know, not play him. And we might, you know, if we hop on early, we could, you know, set a trend. I, I think Aaron Rye's very interesting at that price. He could be soon. He's probably worth uh, he's probably worth a ten bet or something. So I love Chris Zidnut at sixty to one on um, DraftKings Sportsbook right now. But yeah, Aaron Rye I like a lot as a little sleeper pick there, and he's probably a good pivot off some of these more popular guys. I doubt he's going to be popular. What's his ownership looking like? Let's see what do we got here. Let's see, at seventy seven, right? Yeah. He is sitting right now at 7.7%. And Siwoo's at 6.4%. So, I mean. Stack him up. Yeah. I like it. You know, yep. Mitchell comes in at 89 So, he's even a little bit higher on. Like, yep. you know, I he would be less than those two. So, I like that a lot. But Zudenhoit's at 11. That surprises me. People are, are catching on to him. He is a very good European player. He's done pretty well in some bigger tournaments, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's not afraid of the big moment. But let's, let's work our way down to the 7K range here. Uh, yeah, uh, we had a question. So do we use our own personal models? And yes, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Carp. Yes, we do. Um, oh, I do personally. I don't know if Adam does, but Adam, you know, he does this for a living. Like he literally lives this stuff. So how do you kind of approach yours, Adam? Every week I definitely have my own model. Yeah, I do not, for the record, I do not play PJDFS for a living. Um, I'm a, a golf professional and yes. it is. Golf is my living, but not doing this. So I'm certainly not a, a full a full pro from from. But I like to look at just course fit. You know what statistics have, have uh, correlated well with the guys at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the week in previous years, and then you know figure out um, what your favorite stroke scan approach is always going to be at least tied for the most heavily weighted. And this course again, it's it's a lower percentage of fairways hit, so I try and go with driving accuracy. Um, and I think birdie or better percentage in these shootouts always has to be considered. And then I like to at least factor in kind of the, the strokes gained on the putting surfaces they're putting on, which this week is Bermuda. He is a golf professional also. But you can put in four five-step um, that categories into your model. Fantasy National is a great website to do that. Uh, but, yeah, cool that you're a fine pro, man. It's, uh, I love the group. Eat, sleep, and live golf pretty much all day. 
every day. So I wouldn't have it any other way. It's good stuff, man. Welcome. Thanks for watching the show. Yep. Uh, Adam, let's let's roll down. Let's go in that low 7K, high 6K range. Um, anything catching your eye? Let's say 75 and under. Yeah. So a couple a couple of guys that are um, new from the Corn Ferry Tour. It's not Fair anymore. I think it's Corn Ferry, unless they just changed it. They've changed it times. I can't even. I can't. Uh, maybe no, Taylor. Taylor Pendrith is one that stands out. Chad Rain, I was playing a little bit last fall. Um, dude was like the play every week guy, but he finished top 20 twice on the PGA Tour in October. Missed his last couple of cuts, but um, I think the, the course kind of fits him well. And then Taylor Pendrith's just a birdie maker. He he tore it up on the Corn Ferry Tour, kind of got his battlefield promotion there um, onto the PGA, and then had a couple of good finishes on the PGA. Finished fifth at Barracuda. 26 at RSM, kind of mid to late November. So those are the, those are the the corn fairy guys I'm looking at, and then I like Adam Shank at 7K. He's got a cool first name. Got a great first name. That's right. Who you like? Uh, so for me, I, you know, it, this bites me so often. So so it's Keegan Bradley for me this week. 7400. It is tough, but man, like. Just so much lines up for him. You know, it's almost like when you look at a stat model and Grio pops every week. Bradley in this field is number two, and he is like first in ball striking, first in tee to green, third in par fours, third from par four, 400 to 450, which there's six of those. 15th in par four, 450, 500, six of those. His proximity from 125 is sixth. His proximity from 200, he's seventh. His fairways gained, he's 12th. Like everything lines up for Keegan Bradley, but he's 97th in putting. And that's the Keegan Bradley we're about to get is 127th in putting. Because last year through two rounds, he gained 4.8 strokes in two rounds on approaches, but he lost seven on the greens oh. in two rounds, seven strokes. And he missed the cut. But let's say he just breaks even and still gains 4.8 strokes through approach in two rounds and just breaks even with his putter. We're going to get a good Keegan Bradley. I'm going there, man. 7,400. I like the price. I think uh, maybe he figured out that's what he needed to work on all offseason. So that's what I'm riding with. I really like him. Stuart Sink's always interesting on these shorter courses. He has mm -hmm. uh, a really good start to his year last year. So maybe he starts like he did last year and, and gets a, you know, a win in his first couple tournaments. He always pops for me. Uh, K.H. Lee at 7,000. He played last week in that narrative. Um, another player that's really just accurate, solid ball striker. Um, and yeah. his, best, his best greens are Bermuda as well. So I do like some K.H. Lee at 7K. K.H. is a great play at 7K. I, somehow I did not realize he was even playing. Yeah, man. That's a good one. All right. Let's 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 move down. So we call this, that we've done the show for a while, hasn't always been called in the cup. Uh, by the way, what wine are you drinking there? I saw you sipping on something. Yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice, nice. Boxed wine, man. I'm, I'm nothing fancy. Just just getting by week to week. I hear you. Nothing wrong with that. Man. So scrolling through the 6K range here, you've got some names that kind of pop out a little bit at the top end. Anybody you're liking up here? Because there's one guy that I think maybe doesn't have winning upside, but I think the kind of course he can contend on. He's a... Wiley veteran, pop stroke putter, which is great for Bermuda. Mr. Brant Snedeker. It kind of makes me cringe a little bit saying his name even. But at least he has some upside, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, does he anymore, though? I, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, even last year going through, he had a few random pops. You know, he got 6th, 11th a few times. But it was just a lot of missed cuts, 40s, 50s, 38s. Like, he's just not the brand we remembered. And I guess I'm kind of hoping he's not the brand because on prize picks, I bet against him to, like, not shoot under a 68 round one. So I'm just kind of – I don't see it, but he is a world-class putter. So if he brings it, you know, this could turn into a putting contest. Like, you know, Kevin Na, that's really how he wins. He won this last year, yep. and he does it by putting well. So I could see Brant making making a charge, but he's the type that will make a charge one day, and then the next day it's like, oh, okay, you can't putt. So you're just very average outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another guy I like down here, it's not necessarily a court fit play because he's he is kind of a bomber, but um corn fairy grad as well. Grayson Sig is uh, he can he can go to any course and make a bunch of birdies. So that's what you want down here in the low in the low ranges under 7k. Um Nick Hardy as well. Nick is a phenomenal player, played it played at Illinois in college and holds the course record nicest courses in Michigan, but um came onto the P tour and wasn't scared. Top 40s in his first two events. He's got all the talent in the world. Uh, another guy that I like. Just down here early in the year, these guys haven't gotten out there yet. Their prices haven't raised. So I like getting in my lineup for kind of the general public. Yeah, and last year, I, I do like Nick Hardy. I mean, he took 14th here last year, one of his very few tournaments on the tour, but he made, you know, he made his mark. Um, so he obviously likes something about it. Yeah. So let's let's round this out, man. Anybody really good avoidance, straight par four, four Anybody down here? Anybody depths? I'm talking like 63k and below. That has yeah. You know what? West Bryan is always interesting on short courses like this. He's won at Harbor Town before. Yep. Um, terrible, you know, he terrible driver of the golf ball typically. Yes, he is. So that would be the only downside. But with you know winds not being as bad and. You know, as I was going through it, driving accuracy over the past like four years here hasn't really been as prominent as people have made it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Kevin Na was like 67th in driving and, and won last year. Like, it, it don't have to be perfect. His accuracy was good, but yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Wes Bryan, he's just interesting at that price. We we always talk about Sam Ryder, and we just don't know what game he's gonna bring. Um, but me and you both just kind of like him, I feel like, as an overall player and what he can bring. It's just, will he show up and make a putt? Um, but he kind of had a slow finish, you know, three missed cuts in a row. So I'm probably not going to touch him. I think Wes Bryan would be as low as I'd go. And then Ben Coles at 6,100. He was just randomly popping up um, in some late tournaments last season where he had just a bunch of birdies, you know, missed cut, 39th, missed cut, missed cut, 20th. And the, KFT championships. Um, I don't know. He's interesting, but I'm really not going to mess with anything in that low 6K range this week. I need to figure out what these guys are bringing into the 2022 season before I, I dive too deep. Yeah, there's there's certain guys you look at and if you get them now. If they're a good course fit, you feel like you can you can catch them at low ownership. Could be worth could be worth taking a risk on. Um, I'm kind of with you. I don't love a lot of guys way down here. The only guy I'd say is certainly worth a look, another kind of corn fairy guy, uh, is Davis Riley at 400. He's not quite as low as we had talked, but really it for me. Like Ryan, if you're looking for a cash game and you're stuck very, very low in your lineup, I'd be surprised if Ryan Armour missed the cut here. 
with his with his kind of skill set. But that's really just like a probably going to finish 40th to 60th somewhere. Not yeah, yeah. If you want somebody to make the cut, like 6,500, you can always go to Jim Furyk. Like, you know, I feel like he'll make the cut here, even if he's he's you know still playing on whatever tour, the Champions Tour, or whatever it is. <laughs> I just I feel like he could come in 40th at this tournament. And you wouldn't be surprised. Um, Jonathan Bird just got into the tournament. He's always kind of like an old wily veteran that seems to make cuts. And whenever he gets a chance, he puts together a couple good rounds. And you think you have something? And then Friday or Saturday, Sunday, he shoots like 19 over. Yeah, Bird can be very up and down. Uh, Roger Salone. I mean, if you're looking for a birdie maker, Roger Salone at 6,500. That guy can absolutely. Light it up. Um, took second at the Wyndham. Uh, yep. It's just recently missed the cut at the Sony last year. Do do do. Missed the cut at the Sony the year before. Thirty third the year before that. So I don't know. Maybe not. But like I said, we're just kind of splitting airs at this point. So let's get out of here before we make some bad calls. Uh, I'm sure at at some point we've made a bad call. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yep. Well, appreciate everybody watching. Um, we'll be here every week on Wednesdays trying to give out some picks. Somebody from the Dr. Roto team will be here talking PGA golf. Uh, next week, we head back to California um, to the to the home, the motherland, the, the, the 48 states. And we'll be there for some time. So it's going to be a fun ride. PGA every week is an awesome four-day sweat. We'll try and keep guessing picks, birdie makers, guys who can help you uh, reach the top of these DFS uh, tournament leaderboards at the end of the week. So for drroto.com, your daily prescription for fantasy sports, Adam White, thank you, Coach Al White, and we will see you. See you, everybody. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drroto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.